I guess I have to delete all my cookies again. I love cookies. I love them. I, I wanted a cookie so bad yesterday and I was in the grocery store, but like I won't buy like a pack of cookies. Yeah, you don't want a whole box of them. You just want one cookie. That's the problem. Right. So it was Stop and Shops Bakery will do like a 99 cent thing where you can get like three in a pack. I'm like, perfect. And I can usually like give some to other people, but they were out of those. I apparently, it, but they weren't out of anything else. So I guess everybody came in yesterday and bought these little packs of cookies <laughs> and like... Wow. Everybody came in and they were like, I just want three cookies. And you can't blame them for that. It's actually just Beast. He was really stoned again. And he just came in. It, like, <laughs> he was Beast like, was like, but I need more than three cookies. And then he was like, I guess I'll buy all of them. He was like, I need three cookies, but I don't want eight cookies, which is in this thing. So I guess I should get six cookies, but that's one too little. So I guess I'll get 12 cookies. And he's like doing this internal math. And we're like, just fucking buy a box of cookies and stop eating my cookies. Wait, real talk. Do you think Beast bakes like weed? cookies or weed brownies he probably does i bet he makes edibles because because i feel like candy like hard candies um there's a lot of chemistry involved there it's actually pretty difficult to make actually i don't yeah i guess you know, you know what you're right i was gonna say can he cook because i remember the first episode of tas he like blew up his beaker but he would be good at this remy however absolutely bakes like fucking weed into everything Let's oh be yeah real. remy makes like weed chili <laughs> i don't even know what that would be like or if that would taste good all right anyway i'm maddie and i am ryan Welcome to the Mutant Ages. Welcome. A show where we watch every adaptation of the X-Men ever and talk about who's queer and break it down. Yeah. Break it down. And we are watching Wolverine and the X-Men. Yay. Also known as Wolverine and Beast go on 65 dates. (laughs) They do go on a lot of dates. And you know what? Wolverine kind of keeps it together in this episode. Compared to last week. Kind of. We're also finally finished the hindsight three-parter, and now we're on to an episode called Overflow, episode four. Overflow. Back when we were young, we experienced a change. We felt a power grow in us, both wonderful and strange. The power to care about the X-Men and the mutant brotherhood. All of their adventures. Another episode that I felt like was X-Men Evolution again. It does feel that way. Right? It does feel that way. There's nothing in this episode, once again, there's nothing in this episode that suggests that it's not just X-Men Evolution again. I feel like there was something I specifically wrote. Oh, I know what it was. So they're animating Scott to look older in this. I, I would say he definitely seems older than like 22, which is probably how old he's supposed to be. Right. But then later in the episode, Katie refers to having previously trained with Scott. So I was like, maybe he really is just supposed to be like an old sleep deprived 22 in this because he looks very haggard. That's how I feel, too. That was the line in here is like that just is Kitty Pride for Maximum Evolution. Yeah. Like what else could she be referring to there? It's like, I I mean, I I don't know. And also Bobby didn't train with them initially in X-Men Evolution. So I felt like it was more believable that Kitty's the one who's like talking about it. The only thing I I was going to say, the only thing that doesn't track at this point 
And then I then I couldn't think of anything. <laughs> I think it just I, was, I think it's just like that Avalanche is not Lance, or maybe he is. He's I don't not. Know. I mean, I think that was just them updating it to be in line with the comics. And they just like had the yeah. opportunity to do that because of the show changeover. But other than that, everything's the same. Yeah. And they're just like, yeah, he's going to be Dominicos now because that's who he's supposed to be technically. I'm just going to, I, at this point, every single time I watch an episode, I just assume that it's like somewhere within like a 10 year range of X-Men evolution ending. And then like, mm-hmm. that's where we're at now, but it's still X-Men evolution and those characters, Yeah, which makes me feel better about the fact that we had to let go of X-Men evolution. And maybe perhaps it's me not wanting to let go. And I don't know, projecting that onto this to the show, but it works. I don't think it is. I don't think it is. I think it's the same. I mean, okay, the animation style is different. I, we haven't actually really talked about that that much, but the animation here is somewhat different. There's some sort of exaggerated sort of triangle body shapes. The characters, especially the female character's hair, is all like freaking huge. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's really big. We got a lot of big hair happening in ways that it didn't happen on X-Men Evolution. But X-Men, the animated series, everyone's hair was well, big. Well, this is like a different style. It's more cartoony Barbie doll, big hair. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I don't know. So there's some some differences visually, but I don't count that as like a huge contradiction at all. No, I, I mean, like people's hair changes within 10 years, I would hope. But but I just mean it's an art style thing. It's not like it's um sure. a difference in terms of how they're wearing it. Uh, anyway, previously on the X-Men, the world's shitty. The end. Yeah, it is. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, so we, we have to say this every time. Charles has a panic attack and the mansion blows up. I know that sounds very perfunctory, but that is how they present this. No, but it's like actually important. And he's like talking to them from the future now. And they they have they kind of explained it in this, but it doesn't make any fucking sense i wrote that down i was like okay xavier whatever you're saying xavier's been missing as long as mel as gene gray and they just recently found xavier who washed up on magneto's shores of jadosha and all the x-men attacked magneto and they're like you kidnapped xavier magneto's like i literally like picked him up because all you all have been like missing for a year so why don't you just fucking call me next time Mm -hmm. Um, which was his whole deal. So then they brought Xavier home after Magneto offered them Sam Genosha. And for some reason, Logan was like, no, Genosha's evil. I don't want to be free. <laughs> and then yeah. they put Xavier in this little Snow White glass case where they all stand at him. But now he can talk to them from the future that's 20 years in the future and he's revealed that like days of future past is happening there's sentinels everywhere along with the Terminator and any other robot overtaking anime that's existed, which is most of them. And then he's like, we got to stop the future from happening, but it only works if Logan leads the X-Men and Cyclops is there and the entire team is there. And so this is going to be now the premise of the TV series, which is actually kind of funny that we're now getting to what this premise is going to be, because it did a lot of setup for the three part of hindsight. Oh, yeah. Three part setup all the way to this final climax where Xavier's like the only thing that will work to save the future is Wolverine leading the X-Men, even though he's been doing a terrible job with that up to now. I mean, even Liv and Logan said that. Yeah. So then Xavier is now going to basically be setting them like visions from the future at the beginning of each episode being like you have to stop this event from yeah happening. because he's like going to the library and like reading historical textbooks i guess and being like okay <laughs> which is actually really funny I, I know i had amnesia before but i'm quickly recapping the last 20 years and let's try to stop all these various horrible things from he happening. does say that in the last episode yes. xavier says i have no memory of what happened in the past 20 years at all and everyone's like great <laughs> 
you were asleep for 20 years? Yeah, and also he can walk now because he has robot legs in the future, so he's just running from the Sentinels, finding textbooks and reading them. I don't them. remember how he gets those. Me either, because he doesn't remember. He's like, I just woke up from a coma and I suddenly have robot legs. Uh, they do explain it later on. I want to say that Forge comes back and builds them for him, but I could be wrong. It could be I somebody mean, else. I would believe that. I feel like Forge is, I mean, they've already introduced Forge, so why I, not? I mean, I remember him putting them on, <laughs> so it's entirely possible that he just finds robot legs and puts them on and runs who knows sure. so yeah for this episode's sake that's really all you need to know other than that they have not gotten the full x-men team back yet they don't have warren back or nightcrawler well warren is financially supporting them uh, we'll say that much yeah but he's not fully no, back no and nightcrawler isn't back at all we don't know what's going on we with have Kurt. to assume that this is x-men evolution warren and that he previously he did eventually join the x-men without his parents knowledge because they were like off in england or whatever and now they're here and they're like oh you're fucking gay mm-hmm. uh yeah you're never leaving the house without us and uh you're gonna wear a trench coat and a blindfold everywhere you go because we don't want you to look at men yeah. So anyway, so that's that's it. And they also don't have Colossus back and Storm, which is what leads us to today where we are meeting Storm mm-hmm. again. Re-meeting. Um, yeah. I was really concerned that she was not going to do a lot in this because I don't remember what she does on this show, which is not a good sign. This episode depicts her as incredibly powerful, which is all I really care about with Storm. Thank God. Because after X-Men Evolution, he should yeah. like create like a windstorm and be like, it's too much. I know. And we're like, Jesus. I know. That's not the case here, though. At all. She's super powered. No, and this we actually start in the desert. And I was like, at the beginning of this episode, I was like, this reminds me of the Apocalypse episodes of X-Men Evolution. And that was kind of the continued theme for this whole episode. Like, there's an astral battle later. And I was like, this just looks like that Apocalypse versus Xavier battle. Like, the animation's the same. Mm -hmm. So Yeah. But right now, we're not there. Right now, we're in the desert. Yeah, we're in the Sahara Desert, I assume. Uh, Egypt. A Cyclops is there, passing out because Mystique's beating him. I think really just love doing this. Like, <laughs> X-Men Evolution was just, like, ringing in my head for, like, the first five minutes of this mm-hmm. TV show, of this episode. Cyclops isn't really there. It's a random guy. It's some other dude. A random victim of the Shadow King. Right. The Shadow King is going to be the major antagonist of this episode. Who's pretty terrifying in this he episode. He is. He's very terrifying. So this random guy wearing rags, who I can only assume has been banished to the desert by people who are fucking terrified of him, is walking around on the verge of death. We don't know it's the Shadow King yet. We just see this guy walking around on the verge of death and then he collapses as the sun beats down on him. He's dehydrated. And then this guy riding a camel, just a regular Good Samaritan, rolls up, sees him, gets down and feeds the guy some water. And the guy's like, thank you. And then opens his eyes to reveal they're completely black, like no irises, no pupils, totally black. And then the guy drinking the water grabs the uh, guy riding the camel and inhabits him with the Shadow King powers, leaving a corpse behind, which is fucking terrifying. (laughs) And then the other guy gets back on the camel. He's like, sick. Now I'm the Shadow King and just rides away. I mean, the guy that was dying in the desert literally dies on screen. He dies on screen. Like we just watch a a corpse and then we smash the credits and it's like, okay, (laughs) wow. show, man, it is intense. It is intense. It is intense. And then after the credits uh it's this made me laugh so hard because logan's sleeping and xavier suddenly goes starts whispering in his ear going it's like why couldn't he send logan a message during the day 
Like, why is this time travel so shitty that he's like, I, I'm just, I, I guess Logan's asleep, but I don't really care. It's like, come on, man. I don't know what's going on here because Logan like leaps out of bed and he's clothed. And I'm like, that's Ron. Yeah, I Logan should be I refuse to believe Logan sleeps with his clothes on. Yeah. Whatever this is. Like, he, well, maybe, he runs out. Maybe Charles has been waking him up every night with shit like this. So he's just sleeping with his clothes on now. So like Logan just like keeps his boots on in bed just in case. Yeah. Oh my so God. he wakes up and he's like, Charles, and then runs on over to charles's bedside snow white style and like is looking at it and emma follows him secretly right. and sneaks into the room behind well, him Emma's like a psychic and she's like why do i fucking hear charles whispering <laughs> right now yeah she's like what's all this fucking psychic energy in the house constantly like why <laughs> so she follows logan just to be like what the fuck is charles up to now which honestly valid right and then logan shuts her out locks her out and like runs over to xavier's snow white crate and like touches it romantically and he's like xavier i hear you and i'm like what now <laughs> by the way xavier like brings him onto the astral plane yeah here, and like this is what and he says that he calls it the astral plane okay well this is what he says he like Basically, they go into this big white area and he's like, I've pulled you onto the astral plane because if I stand in the same spot as where you're standing right now in the future, then I can communicate back in time with you. And I was like, this doesn't make any fucking sense. It doesn't make any fucking sense. He's like, I can only communicate with you this way from the future. And it's like, why? Why not some other way? Like, oh, okay, fine. Who cares? I was like, I don't really know what's happening here. Um, It doesn't matter. There's this whole thing too where Xavier says, it's nice to see you again, my friend. And Logan's like, it's nice to see you too, Chuck. I'm like, these characters do not like each other. I I can't buy this either, but whatever. (laughs) It's fine. And then Charles is like, so I have some bad news. Africa's been completely destroyed in my timeline. <laughs> but like, like as opposed to the rest of the world, I was like, how does he know that this was different from all the other Sentinel attacks? Well, I guess he like just, well, he, he just found out that Africa was destroyed 20 years ago, like way before right. the Sentinels. So he's slowly researching the timeline that he's in now. So he's like, apparently whatever happened to Africa happened 20 years ago. And Logan's like, 20 years ago? You mean right now? And it's like, yeah, good, good math, Logan. I feel like, I feel like this is Xavier woke up and this is like a zelda Link's awakening styled game where like xavier just wakes up and it's like the future and he's like where am i and he walks out and he's exploring the area he finds a little library that tells him like how to use his moves and like also tells him like the history <laughs> like there's like a fucking owl talking to him yeah, like all of his unlockable combos with the robot legs that he has now right yeah he, he like got that from a dungeon yep. so now he can run real fucking fast yeah he got that in the in the cerebro dungeon right originally that's where he first was somebody that can create like zelda level games can just please make don't us... create this game. i don't want to play a xavier stop asking for this no like give us like iliana or something but make okay it that i would do that i would do all right anyway uh so xavier is explaining this to logan who's like what the fuck and xavier's like also the person who destroyed africa is storm and logan's like that doesn't make any sense at all and xavier's like i know but she did anyway you gotta go kill her i guess and logan's just like uh, oh okay (laughs) (laughs) and xavier for some reason it doesn't occur to xavier that storm was mind controlled into doing this but even though it's so obvious he just is like yeah, I don't know. Storm killed everybody. Anyway, I don't think we're alone here because he can sense Emma listening in on the conversation. Right. And then we go back to the Institute where Emma's like crouched in the corner like, uh, I wasn't listening. And it's like, 
pretty funny. And Logan's like, how'd you get in here? And she's like, hmm, well, you know the security code and I'm telepathic. You tell me. I, lo- I love her. Then Logan's like, that's it. You're fired. Get out of the house. And like throws her into an elevator. Yeah, he's like, you're fired and you don't get to stay here anymore. And she's like, you're going to need my help finding Storm. And Logan's like, no. And then like shuts her out again. <laughs> Wait, this is really funny this though. This is funny now- yeah, because the next scene. It cuts to Hank and Logan. Hank and Logan are like cuddling and watching the weather report together. Hank is basically just like, apparently weather is fucking amazing in the entire continent of Africa, which, yeah, I mean, it's Storm has to be controlling that. Right. And then Hank's like, so if we're going to find Aurora, you need to ask her Emma's help to use Rebro and then she'll want something in return. And Logan's like, (laughs) I love that it's one scene later. And Hank is like, we need Emma to help us. I know. And he literally goes, I know Hank. And Beast is like, and she's going to want something in exchange for the fact that you kicked her out and like, we're kind of an asshole and logan's like i know hank and it's really <laughs> funny that he says it twice in a row because it's so good because then logan storms into cerebro with emma yeah and emma goes your attempts to manipulate me are demeaning basically i help you and you extend my stay or else i'm out on the street and logan's like you have to earn your place here just like everyone else and emma's like well you actually accept and trust them and logan's like well i don't trust all you <laughs> to the tasmanian devil and emma was like trust is a two-way street logan find yourself another telepath and then she leaves and he's like fine you can use cerebro i'm like what a big baby like yeah. and i love that emma just isn't having any of it she's just like it's funny because emma is demanding trust but like they're not really addressing the core issue here which is that emma doesn't trust xavier like unlike the rest of the x-men she is not worshiping at xavier's bedside every night and doing exactly what he says yeah she is instead like I expect all the X-Men to trust me. I just think the Xavier guy is shady and I'm keeping an eye on him. And Logan's like, well, that's fucked up. And she's like, Xavier's fucked up. (laughs) I I don't like this. I don't know. Well, so Emma puts on Cerebro and she goes into Tron. (laughs) And once she's in Tron, she light cycles past a bunch of like people. Yeah. And she does find that Storm's dressed as a goddess. So Emma does find her pretty quickly. Yeah, she finds her. And Emma also looks really sad. There's so many interesting moments of like Emma looking like sort of sad and regretful. And I'm always like, why does she look sad? I don't know why. Anyway, uh, so then we go over to just Africa. We don't know what country. They're not going to tell us. And Emma is, or, and Storm is making it rain in a <laughs> Emma, village. Oh, God. Yeah, that'd be badass. Um, so Storm is making it rain in a village and her eyes glow white and she's making everything great and perfect for all the crops. And then she, her eyes go back to blue and she turns around. And she's like, what's next, Abasi? So Abasi's just sort of this random side character who's like the governor of this area. I don't know. I gotta say, this is a little bit better than X-Men Evolution's oh, episode. God, with, yes. Uh, <laughs> African Storm. Literally anything would be better than that episode. My God, with like... Like them coming by and doing these like voodoo dances and possessing people and like chanting. Yeah, the characters here are presented as like rational people who are like, we love Storm because she's helping us. And like that's that's about as far as that goes. It's not like a ton of characterization. Uh, so that's all we get from that scene. Then we go to this X-Men evolution scene where Kitty is like banging on the door and Scott's just lying in his room looking yeah. at the ceiling depressed. And with like his eternal five o'clock shadow just looking like shit. Exactly. And Kitty's like, come on, Scott. Storm's trouble we got to go save her and he doesn't respond so bobby walks over and he's like i thought logan said to not even bother with him and kitty says Mm -hmm. he did but the scott i knew would be the first the jet which is like because she's kitty pride from x-men evolution Yeah, she remembers what scott was like which was a fucking boy scout right and would just be like come on everybody we're gonna help storm 
And then Bobby just puts his arm around her and he's like, come on. And then they walk off down the hall together. But also like sort of the dialogue and the way that Kitty is even talking sounds like Kitty Pride from uh, X-Men I agree. Evolution. I mean, I just saw this as that, you know, like all of it is the same. Right. And then another X-Men Evolution throwback is that now Forge <laughs> is polishing the Blackbird. And all I could think about is what Nightcrawler, Nightcrawler had to do that. Me too. I wrote down the exact same thing where Nightcrawler oh cleans God. the entire jet. And then he gets really upset when the X-Men are going to use it, which is the exact joke that they're using again here, except now it's Forge who's like, I finally fixed the entire jet. I you know, guys are going to destroy okay. Wait, but the Logan's such a dramatic <laughs> dick, and he's like, "Well," and he like claws the edge of the blackbird. He's like, "Now it's not clean anymore." And I'm like, "Logan, why?" <laughs> I don't know. It's funny though. God, and then and then Cyclops is just also extra, and he comes in and dramatically walks through the whole room, and like wearing his trench coat, looking sad, gets on the jet in silence. There's so much drama going on, and meanwhile, Kitty Pride's sitting and be like, "Can we please fucking get on the plane and go? What are you two doing?" Like, I know. I know. We get another basketball court shot because I guess we're going to see that every single time the jet takes off. Also, I had a question. I'm like, why doesn't Forge get to go on the missions? Like, He's too busy repairing more shit, maybe? I don't know. I don't know. Probably. Then the Blackbird takes off into the moon, which I thought was an interesting shot. So, <laughs> Yeah. Um, so then we get to see uh, the Shadow King inhabiting more and more people uh, over Africa, just like slowly getting closer and closer to Storm, because of course that's who he's after, because she's so powerful. Classic, classic Shadow King shit. It's a very long, scary montage of him like touching someone and then that person touches someone else and so on and so forth. There's like a, there's a really creepy shot where he's in the body of a woman and the woman goes to kiss this child's forehead and yeah. like his energy passes through her mouth into her forehead i'm like jesus this is kind of fucked i know i was like this it's would spooky. be really cool to see like in an I mean, MCU live action yeah live action. and spooky. this is not to yeah and it's not to like say anything negative towards the shadow king's performance in legion because i also thought that was very good but like th there's just some interesting shots here this is a little more classic storm story so i mean yeah i, I don't know i i was cool with it for that reason exactly and unlike x-men the animated series storm and shadow king have their comic book history in here which is fun. they do they do. So. Although we're not going to quite get to it yet. That's the next scene. No. So no. then um, he manages to get into this man's body who is pretty close to Storm. And there's this long line of people who are like presenting gifts to Storm in exchange for her taking care of their crops. And so right. this guy gets last in line and then he touches the person in front of him and they touch the person in front of them and so on until the Shadow King gets all the way to the front of the line, presents right. his gift to Storm. And she takes the hand of this person who's inhabited and it's like this creepy moment where the person like looks up and it's like a little jump scare where like he yeah. opens his eyes and he's like, I'm fucking here. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, shit. I know. She, and then she and the Shadow King are like facing off in the astral plane of her mind and everything's like black and purple and like fucking scary like really as cool. hell. And Shadow yeah. Queen's like, at least we meet again, little street thief. Now you can return to your master. And Storm's it's like... It's fucking scary. <laughs> right, and outside, Storm falls to the ground screaming, no! But, like, seemingly at nothing. And, like, Abasi runs up and he's like, what's going on? And she's just screaming at nothing. And it's, like, 
terrifying. Yeah, he tells he's he's like everyone get the fuck away from here. Something's not right. Yeah, and Rowan doesn't know who the fuck this is at first. Yeah, and Shocking's like, how could you not remember? I was like a father to you. Yeah, and then it does this awesome flashback that we didn't get to see on X Men Evolution because instead we did African Storm. So we get to see this flashback to um, Amal Farouk being inhabited by the Shadow King and yeah. being the sort of Fagin to Storm's Oliver Twist back in Cairo, where she's like, although Amal Farouk is not that far off in personality from the actual Shadow King. I know. Because, like, I mean, think about how he is in fucking New Mutants in the most recent run of the X-Men. Well, but that ending, though, True. of that most recent run is interesting. True. But he still does some creepy I shit. I won't spoil it in case anyone's reading it. It's good. But it's yeah. It's good. It's very cool. Uh, but anyway, I was thinking about that as I was watching this. I was like, damn, I like yeah, just same. read a bunch of comics about the Shadow King <laughs> in the Krakoa era. Anyway, so Amal Farouk, I thought it was fun that for this show, they had him wearing sunglasses the whole time because in this show yeah. the shadow king makes everybody's eyes black when he inhabits them which isn't necessarily in the comics but they keep it really simple here so amal farouk is like just wearing these really dark sunglasses basically to hide that he is the shadow king right so he sees little baby Aurora dumping all of her wallets on the table and farouk is like where's the rest and she's like this is all i could get today and i think it's like the same voice actress but she's like trying to sound like a little kid which is like <laughs> slightly funny to me um and then farouk is like you little cheat you're holding out on me and she's like no i ran out of time and he's like what's more important than earning your keep and she's like i have a friend and in my head, I was like, oh, it's Xavier. And that is who it ends up being. It is, it is Xavier, yeah. And she's like, he says I'm more than just a little thief. And Farouk is like, he fills your head with lies. Who is he? Tell me. And she's well, like... Well, Farouk has like a line there, too, where he's like, nobody would be, yeah. your, be your friend because you're a disgusting piece of shit. And I was like, Jesus. But like, he does call her disgusting. And I'm like, wow, awful. Which, I mean, he's taking advantage of her, which is, you know, that's the story. That's how it goes. Well, I mean, that's classic. I mean, like, it's flashback to fucking, like... Oh God! It's a book. It's about like I want to say it's like the Little Princess or something. Where like, I mean, she's I was referring to Oliver Twist. If that's what you're thinking oh, of. Oh God! I gotta look it up now because I feel like I. It's on the t- Princess movie '90s orphanage. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a Little Princess. She doesn't steal for anybody in that movie. No, but like she's like she's being abused by um her parent figure there's sort of like a miss hannigan-esque character in that yeah or annie i guess like all these orphan stories were like you have like this uh, abusive caretaker is kind of like who farouk is reminding me right like the orphan the sort of young orphan who's who's too pure and good i'm to the point that we were able to list off like nine different movies just as a reference that's how often this happens oh absolutely anyway yeah. so yeah but those characters would call those other characters like the leads of those movies gross and disgusting to beat them down and get them to do what they want of course yeah none of them are quite as sassy as annie is <laughs> and so basically yeah. he demands the name of her friend and she's like no, I will not give it to you. So he does this creepy thing where he puts out his hand and like this purple energy goes across the room and goes into Aurora's brain. Yeah. And he's like, Xavier, who the fuck is that bitch? And Xavier just walks <laughs> in. He's like, it's me and I'm walking again. So <laughs> Yeah. And Xavier uses his telepathy to be like, your power over this child ends now, Farouk. I was like, no. Xavier's like literally like, your power over this child is over, Farouk, because my power over this child to be my soldier and my slave. And yeah. I was like, Jesus. That's the part of it that really gets glossed over in this particular flashback is that I'm like... It does, but it is also very Xavier. I was like, he's like, enough of you controlling children. That's my gig. And I was like, damn, dude. 
Pretty much. I mean, this is this is Storm's story, but the problems that I have with this portrayal are problems I also have with Storm's original story, you know, where I'm like, oh, this yeah, white sure. guy just goes to Africa and grabs this vulnerable orphan from a different mutant controlling her entire life and is like, I'll take her back to America where I <laughs> won't really improve her life that much. And it's like, mm, OK, well. That sucks. We have a problem. I, I don't know if it's a problem with the story so much as a problem with that character because we don't like Xavier. Yeah. But I, I don't, I can't see another version of him where he doesn't do that because I think that is. Well, I would like it if it was portrayed as villainous, which in my view it is. But in this, in this, he's presented it just as a purely heroic figure. I, I would argue a lot of people don't find Xavier to be heroic at all. I find most of the time whenever I talk to people who don't even, who may be like a new person I meet, where if you happen to bring up the X-Men. <laughs> So you're meeting new people and you're like, how, what do you think of Professor Xavier? And I just said your opener. No, like, or it's like, if like, <laughs> if they're just, if they just happen to bring up something about X-Men, I'm like, oh, they're like, they're like Magneto all the way. Xavier's terrible. I don't think a lot of people actually like Xavier. I think some people do, mm-hmm. but like, I do feel that like oftentimes people are like, I don't know. I don't know if I can get behind Xavier's actions. Although I also find a lot of people that I can't get behind Magneto's actions either. So it's kind of like both of them. It's tough. I mean, there are other people, luckily now, that you can sort of get behind. You can you can be a Kitty Pride, Kate Pride fan. You can be an M. Frost fan. You can be a Mystique fan. Yeah. There's so many other politics that you could join up with mentally as you're reading comics. In terms of all those characters, because I I mean, we're all Team Magneto and Team M. Frost, but I think logically the best point of view to actually probably hop on is Kitty Pride, but whatever. Yeah, she's pretty badass these days. Yeah. And I mean, Magneto makes his mistakes at, at various points. Right. I just think he's a more interesting character on these animated shows. Well, sure. I mean, I think they're always more interesting as well. Yeah. I, and Kitty just kind of stands behind all of them and be like can you all get your shit together what the fuck <laughs> yeah anyway so a uh, row finally recognizes that farouk is here or at least that the shadow king who once inhabited farouk was right. there and she points that out she like as an adult adult aurora is still talking to the shadow king in the astral plane it like flashes back to her and she's like farouk you were destroyed and the shadow king is like only my flesh my spirit lives at the shadow king which is as much explanation as we're gonna get and that's completely fine it's like who cares? Whatever. We're not going to see him again. That's all we need for this one 20 minute episode. It's fine. Um, and so then, Excuse me. Where is the backstory of Shadow King that's going to be presented to me in a three part episode it. called Overflow Part 1, Overflow Part 2, and Overflow Part 3? Dear Lord, we don't need that. So Aurora's like, what do you want? And Shadow King's like, to see you wander aimlessly without a home. Now watch as I burn your precious Africa to the ground. Apparently the entire continent is going to be destroyed. Terrifying. So he appears to engulf the entire village in flames. And it seems real. Yeah. And Storm is looking around in horror screaming and she's making it rain quickly because she's like, I got to put out the fire. And then we see Abasi who's like, what are you doing? And Storm's like, run Abasi, run from the fire. And he's like, there is no fire. And we, the viewer are like, oh shit like this is not good yeah and she's making it rain harder than rain can even come down yeah uh and meanwhile the blackbird's flying towards it and be's like uh the storm started and it's fucking huge and it's just getting bigger and bigger yeah it's like a hurricane that is destroying everything and meanwhile the shadow king in aurora's head is like make it rain aurora try and save your homeland before it's too late and it's like storm sobbing trying to make it rain so that no one will die and it's like honestly terrifying Jesus. like anybody brainwashing storm terrifying because she's so powerful oh i it's agree like, oh i no. know i mean you don't want that to happen no. uh this is why she's in control all the time and yeah. meanwhile, a row at the beginning of this she was like filling a dam for this for this village or whatever and now it's overfilling the dam explodes and it just immediately like destroys the village and people are like 
climbing into trees, jumping yeah. into boats. Well, because there's like fucking tornadoes. Yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of shit. The Blackbird shows up, and Aurora, I don't even know what she thinks is happening here. She thinks it's like on fire, so she... A meteor or something? Or something, yeah. and so she creates a tornado to scoop it up, and to Forge's distress, it does, in fact, crash into the dam and like yeah. get completely destroyed. I know! Uh, <laughs> it, cracks, it cracks and starts flooding on the inside, and yeah. I don't even know how they get this back in later episodes. They just have a new jet i don't either i think the jet is just destroyed like kitty pulls all of them out of the jet with her powers and they swim up to safety there's like a commercial break where everybody's passed out in the blackbird and also it's filling with water but then somehow they're all conscious in the next shot for some reason well it's really yeah it's because like we see like emma and uh oh god who is it emma and hank and scott well yeah it's emma and scott like swimming away with kitty i think or something like that or no not kitty with bobby i know Kitty phases everybody out of the jet because they show that. Kitty phases, I think, Beast. Well, maybe she does, but we see her phasing Logan and Beast up because the both of them are like, can't swim. And Kitty's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> She's like, I guess I'll just swim you to safety. And then Bobby makes an ice bridge and they all ride it over to Storm, which honestly they shouldn't be doing. They're not prepared yet. No, I I mean, they don't know what to do. Although I enjoy that there's no dialogue here because in previous tv shows there would be like ice man ice your way over there and they'd be like okay and in this there's like this moment where logan looks at storm looks at the water and he looks at bobby and bobby nods and that's it and bobby just nods and is like let's do this shit i, I but he doesn't say let's do this shit he just silently does it i right. liked that too i thought it was very subtle and cool right exactly um, so then we go back into aurora's mind and the shadow king is like you're failing aurora give it more give it everything you have this is so creepy but i like it like it's creepy as hell and you understand why aurora is doing this because again she's still like sobbing just trying desperately to save everyone and she starts raining hail and they're like knives raining down and it's fucking terrifying logan okay, starts clawing I, at the hail i which was is laughing so hard because like the hail's coming to logan's just slashing at it and scott's blasting at it i'm like which, you two are so work? dumb meanwhile bobby's like let me just create a barrier or i'm gonna stand behind that because i don't know what the fuck you guys are doing but it doesn't work long because then it's like a tree blows into him and knocks him out into the water and then he's passing out and he's unconscious in the water then kitty pulls and kitty him out saves him and then she also passes out because something hits up like beast is like jesus christ so <laughs> then he goes to save them both yeah it is really funny like beast grabs bobby and kitty who are both knocked out he's like pulling them out of the water and logan emma and scott are just looking at him like what the fuck do we do and he beast is just like keep going they're fine like just just <laughs> do something so emma and logan and scott are like walking towards storm and logan and scott are continuing to either Eye beam or claw at the hail as they're walking towards <laughs> it and then emma just turns into diamond and walks in front of them which is badass yeah. and logan is like diamond would have been nice to know you had that power and emma's like well it's not my favorite form it prevents me from using my telepathy which of course she's going to need it in a second <laughs> of course but she doesn't know that yet no she doesn't although it's really funny because then they get up there and logan screams there's storm i'm like logan <laughs> Everyone knows where Storm is because she's yeah, in the sky. Yeah, that wasn't the issue. And so Emma actually is kind of bitchy here, but she's like, okay, quick, let's kill her. And Scott and Logan are like, that isn't why we came here. Like, she's our friend. And Emma's like, whatever. I mean, seems like she's killing a lot of people, but okay. She goes, it's either her or Africa. You choose. And Logan's like, wait, 
shoot me instead. And I'm really, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck he's planning. And Cyclops is like, what are you all telling me to do? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, Scott is overwhelmed. So I then know. Logan climbs up on a tall rock and leaps towards Storm. And Scott shoots him, which somehow propels Logan into Storm. <laughs> and they both like awkwardly somersault onto the ground into a pile of mud, which is hilarious. Okay, but also I'm like, okay, well, if he could shoot Logan and he was fine, he could probably shoot Storm because I mean, like, yeah. maybe she would have been hurt a little bit, but like... He could have just stunned her. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't know. I'm rereading the old X-Men from like the 60s right now and the, the extent <laughs> into which... Scott's powers are different every single panel. It's Oh insane. my God, like he's putting out flames with his eye beams and he like blows open a door. Then he slices a cake with his eye beams. Then he uses his eyes to like unlock a door because they forgot the key but i'm like i was like dude what are, what are his powers what do they do somebody please for the love of god explain to me what the fuck is up with this optic blast i don't know i still feel that way in this scene here mm-hmm. so anyway so now we're with emma and emma's gonna go into storm's mind and yeah she goes into storm's mind and sees that africa's on fire and emma's like storm the world's not on fire this is all hallucination you're being tricked um you're the one creating the destruction mm-hmm. and then shadow king just shows up and like slaps emma off the astral plane which i thought was actually kind of funny i know like he slaps her out and then like in real life she falls down and logan is like frost what's happening and emma's like someone's invaded her mind the shadow king he made her believe that africa is burning i guess emma knows who the shadow king is i guess she would i think it's just that she psychically learned his name in that moment maybe you might be right and then she re- enters Storm's mind again and now the Shadow King has a huge scythe and he just slaps her off the astral plane again with the scythe which again is funny he keeps just knocking Emma out of Storm's mind because he's so powerful right and Emma dramatically falls into Scott's arms here sexually <laughs> I like it's very romantic and it I is like, oh. it is it's very interesting yeah uh, and Logan is like can you stop him and Emma's like no he's much more powerful than me but now she knows the truth And Logan is like talking to Storm, like cradling her, which is also quite romantic. And, you know, I was sort of like, oh, this is interesting. This is sort of like the second tier X-Men couples on display here. Yeah, right. Um, And Logan is like, let it go, Storm. It was all a lie. And then Storm's eyes clear up and the fire disappears. Like she's sort of seeing reality. And then she starts using her powers to stop it raining. There's a scene where she gets up. And sees what's happening. She's a vill. She sees a village, and Storm looks at it, and she starts like sobbing. She's like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, well, because she realizes like she fucked up, or well, not intentionally, but you know, it's Storm. So right. But then, then there's this moment where she tries to push him out, and like Storm opens her mouth, but the Shadow King's voice comes out and screams, "No!" And it's like, "Yeah, Whoa, that's creepy, fucking creepy." And Logan is like holding her because she passes out after that, just from the strength, right. her strength trying to fight him off. Right. And Logan is holding her and he's like, it's over Shadow King. You used her up. Her strength is gone. And the Shadow King keeps talking through Aurora's mouth and is like, it will be you who finishes her and tries to like leave Storm's body and enter Logan's body. Yeah. But Emma stops it. She like rushes over and basically like pulls Shadow King away, just his astral form. And then they have like an astral battle where the Shadow King isn't in anyone's body. And it's right. kind of confusing to watch, but I liked it because I felt like they were doing their best here. There's also a moment before there where Scott screams, Emma, what the fuck is happening? And Emma's <laughs> like, 
he's exchanging bodies and then she runs into him Mm -hmm. and this is when i was like the animation here is exactly like xavier versus apocalypse in that astral fight scene from x-men evolution i'm like this is just x-men evolution this whole episode is reeking of x-men evolution vibes it kind of feels like them trying to fix the problems with storm's portrayal on x-men evolution by being like let's just reset this shit well or it's been enough time that she can do it i don't know uh so this is a great little fight scene though because it's like every single time Shadow King tries to get back into a body. Emma, like, manifests a new whip, and she starts with her whip, and she's like, get back here, you little bitch. I love the whip. I know. She, like, whips him around the ankle and is, like, dragging him, which is such a badass scene. Because he's about to get into Cyclops' body, and then she, like, gets, like, a battle axe. Yep. Then both Shadow King and her have, like, daggers or swords for arms. It was a lot of fun. It was fun, and so what she's saying is he won't be able to survive long without a host, so she's not trying to defeat him. She's just trying to kill time. And so they're right. kind of fighting each other. And she's just trying to like keep her astral self alive. And so Scott picks up Aurora and Logan picks up Emma. And the two of them walk away with these two like passed out superpowered ladies because they're trying to protect all these bodies from the Shadow King. Right. And yeah. Emma's using her dominatrix whip and like her fucking lightsabers. And it's badass as hell. I was like a really unexpected, awesome scene for Emma Frost that I was not expecting to be in this episode. It was. Even though both Emma and Storm are passed out technically. Both of them had some very superpowered moments in this episode oh, yeah. that I was pretty into. So then the Shadow King throws this huge box at Emma and like knocks her out, but it's just in time because now he's like out of time, basically. It, he he needs a body to inhabit and he doesn't have one. So he starts screaming no and then like evaporates. We have to talk about our line though, because Emma says, shame. There's not a host of a body to be found anywhere. Like, just like mocking him as he's dying. As I like, love it. Jesus. And she creates a huge sword and slices him in half. And he like explodes into white light like an Elden Ring boss. It's like fucking amazing. <laughs> yep. And she's just like, yeah, I guess he's dead. Oh, well. Yeah. And then like wakes up in her body again. And the villagers run over to Storm and hug her and forgive her. Storm's just sobbing. Yeah. It's nice, though, because she's herself again. And also the Shadow King's fucking dead for real. Right. At least as far as we're concerned, he's not going to come back on this show. There's also like a little shot of like Logan and Emma smiling at each other. Yes. Hey, you ain't that bad. This is the moment where they're like. I guess we trust each other because Emma saved Storm and used her telepathy for good and actually was a team player, you right. know? So it's like they've had this moment now where Emma and Logan aren't going to be assholes to each other anymore. For the most part, right? We can only hope. So then we go back to the X-Mansion and now Aurora goes to see Xavier in the Snow White case and she's yeah. like, what the fuck is happening here? And like, <laughs> Logan like briefly explains like all the shit that's been happening and Aurora yeah. just goes... Well, when he wakes up, we must assure him it's a future worth coming back to. Logan's like, so you're staying? And Rover says, my place is here alongside my family. And I was like, which I liked a lot, actually, even though she was putting her hand on Xavier's box when she said that I was like. Your family is your found queer family, Aurora, and I love that for you. Oh, I, I, I loved I that too. That part. And we're back to X Men Evolution again. It's Logan and Storm as like the little yeah. teachers to the group with Xavier. It's like this episode just is X Men Evolution. Yeah, I liked it. Four episodes in, I liked it. I like that it's Emma Frost instead of Xavier as the telepath because sometimes she's a little evil, but at least like it's Emma and it's not Xavier who I'm supposed to be liking. It's <laughs> Emma who I'm allowed to like have mixed feelings about. And I just, I don't know. I enjoy her so much more as the telepath character on this show who's fighting the Shadow King. I just think it's a lot more fun to watch. And it was nice to actually see Storm have some fucking powers. Like, 
geez finally well i mean they just kind of left her floating around for all of x-men evolution so this is a nice reprieve from that but i am a little concerned that like we're not gonna see that again i know but i don't remember i truly don't remember how much she gets put at the back seat after mm-hmm. this so i guess we'll find out i don't remember what the next episode's called i didn't write it down the next episode is about gambit and wolverine trying to fuck for like the whole episode oh right isn't it isn't it called thieves gambit again like it I is swear to like, god we watched another episode called that i we may not have but like it really feels like we did no i this this is the first one that's called that but he is this is still x-men evolution gambit because he's still got the little like goatee thing going on oh my and god he, like, still has that personality is rogue gonna be in this episode Episode? No, Rogue and him don't actually interact on this season. So I think that was going to happen in season two. I'm sure. There's a, there's a later episode in which uh, Gambit flirts with Polaris and like tricks mm. her into like. Yeah, we into... talked about this before. Yeah. Well, Gambit is kind of more of a villain in X-Men Evolution's canon as well. So maybe he still is in this version of him too well yeah and this way he's like in the thieves guild yeah but for this episode uh i guess i'm gonna get a five out of five x's because i thought it was a pretty strong episode in terms of writing and uh I really liked all the horror stuff they did with Shadow King. Yeah. I thought that was really well written without having to say too much. And they also simplified his powers. Yeah, it was like dialogue free so often in this episode, which I really enjoyed. Yeah, like and how- they also made, the, I mean, they simplified was what he is, but I think it worked for how to contain it in this one episode. Mm-hmm. It also showcased Storm and Emma Frost and how powerful they are in their battles with the Shadow King as well, which I thought that was really interesting. Me too. I also really liked how the Shadow King is animated as just like a big purple monster guy with like sort of a Skeletor face. Yeah, like the visuals were really, really I liked good. that because it gets away from the sort of fat phobic portrayal of Amal Farouk where like, yeah, he's a fat character in this, but like that's not the focus. Like, oh, the Shadow King's so fat and disgusting because the Shadow King inhabits a ton of other characters of all shapes, sizes, ages, and races. Yeah, so, I agree like, with that. It just really gets away from that side of things in a way that I appreciated. I agree. I'm also going to give it a five. And also, it was nice to see Farouk in here yeah. like, as a character. It was interesting. I mean, I like that they basically just kept Aurora's backstory, even though I don't like Xavier being the white savior in her life. But as we talked about, to us, Xavier is not a savior anyway. So fuck him. Um, Xavier the savior. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Anyway, I'm also <laughs> glad to see Aurora back um, just because I was excited to see her and I liked it. I liked seeing her and I liked seeing her have this history of actually having friends in Africa who she knows, even though we don't really get to know them a ton. It was better than African Storm. They seemed more like people to me. So I liked that too. I did too. I actually really enjoyed how they handled that with Abasi just being like, oh yeah, I run this village. Like I'm a regular guy. We're not doing chanting around a bonfire right now. And like, there's not a religious component to it. They're just like Storm. They call Storm your highness. I mean, they treat her like a goddess, but they aren't like worshiping her in that way. They're just like, we love you and we appreciate you helping us. It's much more grounded and like respectful. So, yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I thought it was a a nice change of pace from African Storm. We've come back to African Storm so many times in this episode, but that was like the last point of reference where Storm's got to do anything at all. So Mm -hmm. it, it was nice. I also enjoyed that. Like there's so many parallels between X-Men Evolution and this 
show. And on this episode, it's getting it's getting stronger and stronger at each time where I'm like, I just have to go ahead and believe that it's X-Men Evolved. That's X-Men what we're evolved. calling it now. X-Men Evolved. Wolverine and the X-Men Evolved. But like even like with all like the astral stuff that was yeah. the last time Storm got to do anything on that TV show was when there was there was the whole psychic battle between Xavier and Apocalypse and mm-hmm. we got to see it again. And I was like, interesting that like we're back to this. Yeah. So I don't know. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed that we were able to go into the desert and not reference Apocalypse for once. I thought that was cool. And I really enjoy Logan and Emma's chemistry on this in terms of like how they don't get along. So it's not really like they have chemistry, but sort of like Emma calling bullshit on Logan's bullshit all the time. Like, Mm -hmm. quite quite frankly, like that's what's happening. She's like, she's like, you're full of it. Shut the fuck up. Like she calls (laughs) bluff multiple times in this episode. And every time he's like, oh, fine. I was just trying to use scare tactics on you to get you to do what I wanted. And there's like that moment where Hank is like, Logan, we need her. Just fucking go ask her. Like, yeah. shut the fuck up. Like, it's it's kind of good. Yeah, uh, it's fun. So yeah, five out of five. The end. No, who's that X Men this week? But next no. in a couple weeks, we'll get like twenty. <laughs> anyway, who's gay? <laughs> who's gay? The X Men Cuddling and watching the weather report together and still I being know. two dads to and the X Men. Still having the exact same relationship where Beast has to be like, okay, you're doing something stupid uh, again. <laughs> and I have to tell you again <laughs> that you need to stop. And like, can you take this job seriously? Beast is very charming on this show, by the he way. He really is. He really is. And it's like funny how good he's gotten at negotiating Logan's absurd mood swings where he's just like, <laughs> here we go again. Let me just yeah. remind you, we actually need a telepath in order to function because otherwise we don't know where to go. And I can't figure that out from the weather report. So... <laughs> Please beg Emma to come God, back. I don't Please. know. And it's just, I love them together. They're really, really cute at all times. They are. That's the only gay thing. But that's pretty much it. I mean, Bobby's still gay, but it's not like he really does anything in this episode. And Kitty's still gay, but like, he doesn't do anything. And they're no, not, not bearding really. each other yet. So. <laughs> they will be. I can only assume. I'm oh kind of God. dreading it. It's actually really kind of great now in 2022 to know that both those characters are canonically queer. So even in the comic books and like when that didn't really work, you're like, oh, they're just gay. Yeah. That's their energy. 100%. This was such a straightforward episode. We like managed to knock it out in less than an hour. We almost never do this. It was so simple, though. I know. Well, we should talk about plugs for at least 25 more minutes. I'm sure everybody would appreciate that. Okay, so we actually do have some pretty good plugs for the Patreon this week, but we'll get to that in a second. Um, So mutantages.com. Heard of it? It's a cool website. Yeah, Uh, I like it. I go to it every single week when we record the show. She says, typing it in. Uh, I'm, t- I, I'm pulling up the thing as well because I fucked this up. Uh, episode format. There we go. Okay. Yeah. So our email address, themutantages at gmail.com. You can send us emails and we respond to them on our listener feedback episodes, which are always fun. We also have a Discord server, which, as always, I highly recommend. Very fun place to hang out. Find out what's going on with the show. Check in with everybody. Also send us questions if you like that. There's a channel for that. We've got a voicemail inbox at one five zero eight. 319 
And we have a P.O. Box for physical mail, which is P.O. Box 3344, Natick, Massachusetts, 01760. So you can send us postcards if you want to or whatever else you want. You can send us a package of cookies. I don't know. Whatever. Anything. Maddie likes those. I like cookies. We had a whole conversation about cookies before we started recording. We did. We did. Um, And we have social media. We're the Mutant Ages on all social media ever. And I am at Minnie Myers. How about you, Ryan? I'm at Ryan Pagella on Twitter at Ryan.Pagella on Instagram. I am also on Twitch at Ryan Pagella playing through Kingdom Hearts and <laughs> Multiverses. Great game, by the way. Hell and yeah. uh, my YouTube channel, which is just Ryan Pagella. And you can check that out if you want to get some theme park action on or whatever adventure to live your best life. But more importantly, you can hop on over to the Mutant Ages YouTube which is surprisingly also called the mutant ages <laughs> shocking and shocking stuff. you can actually see us unbox the stuff that we get from our po box over there as well as watch us play through every video game that the x-men have been in and uh sometimes i match up clips from this show with animations from the shows that we are reviewing sometimes maddie and i do uh, little parodies on there and at some point, we will get back to doing our monthly live streams where we reread all of uh, the unproduced X-Men scripts with the Mutant Ages cast, which is Maddie, myself, Todd, Righty, and Katie. Mm-hmm. That's everything that's happening on over at YouTube. Yeah. What, what else is going on? Well, let's talk about the Patreon. We do have a store, by the way. There's a link in every episode description. But the Patreon, last week, I guess, we had an episode about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. So if you're thinking to yourself... Boy, I seem to remember Patrick Stewart being in that trailer. Are Maddie and Ryan going to talk about that? Uh, yeah. Yeah, we are. Uh, yeah. 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 Oh, my God. So I don't know. I think people should check out the Patreon. We've been putting out a lot of bonus episodes lately. We're going to do one on the Batman at some point. Like we I watched um, the Chippendale movie with Dina last night. So like who the fuck knows? Oh, we got to do we got to review that. We got to talk about that. We're going to do whatever. I loved that movie. We're going to keep doing bonus episodes on the Patreon. No, I'm not going to make a promise that it's every week, but it's been almost every week for a while now. I, what it is right now is that Maddie and I are actually lining up on a lot of the same content we're consuming. So that's helpful. Yeah. And also we're just like, hey, what if we talk about a movie really quick before we record the regular episode? And so that's been really fun. So we're going to try to keep that up. But in the meantime, you have such a huge backlog (laughs) that you can go back and listen to. Fun fact, everybody, if you're in the Patreon and you're like looking at the posts and you're like, I want to specifically find just the podcasts. There's a tag. If you click on any one of these podcast things, there's a little tag that says podcast at the bottom of that post. And if you click that, it will pull up all the posts Mm -hmm. that have them. So that's pretty helpful. I don't know if it's going to show me. 41. There are 41 podcasts that you can listen to. Pretty good. Most recently... Uh, Doctor Strange and also Beetlejuice. So mm-hmm. always a good time. Because I saw Beetlejuice for the first time. Okay, I just have to say that like... Todd was blown away <laughs> Todd... that I had never seen Beetlejuice. Well, I was also blown <laughs> away, but blown like away. Todd like was in the middle of a chat with us, left, and then saw that we had posted that Maddie finally saw Beetlejuice for the first time on this podcast and came running back to be like, hold on, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> so yeah, please enjoy that episode, which is almost entirely me talking about seeing Beetlejuice for the first time and Ryan just bathing in my enjoyment of it um so yeah very fun pretty much uh also we have all these other levels of support all these different tiers things we offer um and our highest tier patreon supporters get a shout out on the show that's right i guess you'd be the shadow king i don't know that's that's right Samuel B. Soren B. Zach S. You are now under my control. Watch as I make your world burn around you. (laughs) It's freaking 
scary. Like, you think something horrible is happening and it's not. I don't know. The Shadow King's powers are terrifying. No. The only thing that happened is that I learned that I could deep throat the microphone right now. Sexy. Um. So <laughs> the Shadow King is cool in the comics right now and people should read them. Yeah. This show is not brought to you by Marvel Unlimited, although these days it seriously should be. At, at some point, they'll sponsor us and that'll be great. They'll be like, this show that's completely about sex. They'll be like, this show is perfect sex for our man. brand. Yeah, I know. Oh, my God. And also, if you want to leave us a review, you can do that. That would be super helpful. A star review, yeah. a written review, iTunes, Spotify. I don't know where else you can write them. Just leave your reviews anywhere. <laughs> just just leave Listen, a review. you figure it out, okay? If you want to, like, write a review, like, and print it out and just leave it in everybody's yeah. mailboxes, like, in the real world. Or just, like, print it out and, like, throw it down your high school hallway, like, in 10 Things I Hate About You with the party invitations. And people are back in school now after COVID, so they can do that. And you can just yeah. throw the reviews down and people will be like, a gay X-Men podcast? But I've always wanted to know more about the history of X-Men and also the history of queerness. We're here for and that. And its portrayal in media. Well... We're here for you. Honestly, if we did that at a, at a con, it would probably work. If we just made like a bunch of paper airplane reviews. We should do that. <laughs> and then the convention organizers are like, can you guys stop throwing paper in every stairwell? And we're like, tee hee. Uh, yeah, that is a very like convention thing to do at age 22. We probably would have done some shit like that. I know. Oh my God. Uh, so here we are. Enjoy this very short episode, everyone. That is not always the case, but that's what the case is today. Snappy. Case closed. We love it. All right case freaking closed we'll see, see you, you next, next time, time.